Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. So before we get started, I have to shout out one of the sponsors of this podcast, and that's Disney+. Plus. Now, by now, most of you guys should know what Disney Plus is. It's the home of brands like Marvel, Pixar, Disney, National Geographic, and many, many other brands. And you should be catching up on shows of theirs. I love Loki, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, The Mandalorian, WandaVision. These are all great shows brought to you by Disney Plus. And if you're not checking them out, you should definitely go and check them out and tell them Hayes sent you. Peace. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of the Awaken Soul Podcast. I'm your host, CEO Hayes. And right from the top, if you're not following the podcast, make sure you're doing so at Awaken Soul Pod. And you can follow me personally at CEO Hayes, at CEO H A I Z E. You can also send the, the podcast any feedback, questions, or anything at theawakensoulpod at gmail.com. So let's get into today's uh, episode. We, on the main discussion topic, we have um, Destiny from the Hoology podcast, and we have a great discussion. It's some laughs shared, some trauma shared. This is a really fun discussion um, from first time guests in Destiny, and I can't wait to get bring you guys that. So that title is called "Slut Me Out" of that main discussion topic. So make sure you tuned in and stay tuned all the way for that. In the in the minor hay segment, I'll be talking about some news from around the culture. And that's really all we got for you guys today. I'm not going to do a lot of prefacing. I want to make sure you guys are doing good spending. Hopefully your Black History Month has been great. Hopefully you didn't spend too much time watching that terrible ass dunk contest that the NBA put on last night. But last night, as of this recording, by the time you guys listen to this, it would have been two nights ago. Let's hope that the actual All-Star game is a little bit better than that. Um, but that's it. We're going to go ahead. We're going to get into our intro music. On the other side of that, we're going to jump right into it, into my dark and twisted, crazy ass mind in the In the Mind of Hay segment. I'll see you guys there. The following is a Breaks Media podcast. You are now listening to the best podcast in the world, The Awakened Soul, hosted by my daddy. And we're back. So we're in my mind. And so the first topic, I have four topics for you guys for today. And the first one that I want to talk about is something special and near dear to my heart. I don't know about you guys, but growing up, we watched them. We watched Martin. Uh, that show was like one of the times where our family all stopped. It was before DVR, right? It's before being able to record anything. And you just had to stop and you had to watch the show while it was live. And it was a appointment television for my family that we sat there and watched that, that show together live. And so I'm happy to announce that they are actually having a reunion special. We'll be on BET Plus. It's, it's going to be hosted by Afion Crockett. Um, Afion, Afion. I'm not sure how to pronounce his name, but nonetheless, it's going to be hosted by him. The whole main cast is back, minus Tommy, who passed away in 2016. Uh, they've also hinted that there will be like some other special guests to come from characters who appeared in the show. And this is just great feels. Uh, the last time that I can remember really feeling like this was probably the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air uh, reunion special that they had. And, you know, Friends too, but, you know, that's that's a little bit different. I know not everyone in the black culture is as big on Friends as I was, but, uh, and also Harry Potter. We've had a lot of great reunion specials is what I'm getting at over the last handful of years. And one of the things that have constantly been asked for a, a while there is what would happen with Martin? When was Martin going to get his reunion show? Now, we know that there was some, issues with martin lawrence and tisha campbell for a while there that that halted any time any type of discussion on that happening for so long but that's gone away after 30 years we're going to see this cast back together talking about the show um and and you know re reminiscing and everything like that and you know this show has been and it stood the test of time the fact that the show has not been on for as long as that it's been off the air and that it's still it's still is relevant people still know not only the actors, right, and Martin Lawrence and Tisha uh, Campbell and Tashina Arnold and stuff because of other things that they've done. But even on top of that, like this show itself has stood the test of time and has really been something that has continually impacted the culture and had an effect. And I can't wait to see this reunion special. Let me know what you guys think. If you guys are excited about seeing the special as, as I am, like I said, this is just really reminiscent. I'm 35 years old. So the show's been off the air 
for the majority of my life, but I still, it's, it was so important, so funny. And like I said, it was that appointment television for my family that I still remember. I still remember us watching specific episodes and cracking up as a family. Those, th- those things will never go away. And so that's why I'm happy that we get those, those uh, that we're getting this type of reunion because it's overdue. It's really overdue. And we need to see more things from our culture come back. So that's the feel good one. Fortunately, a lot of things that are left in, in this in the mind of Hay segment aren't going to be as feel good, uh, but we're going to still talk about them. This next one is about Sydney Carter. Uh, I know by now most of you guys have probably seen it on social media. She's the coach of Texas A&M's uh, women's basketball team, and she has come under a lot of I don't I, I want to hesitate at using the word attack, but I guess in in a way it is for her outfits being inappropriate or. And th- this is the thing as a black man, right? Talking about a black woman getting scrutiny for her way of dress. I can only give so much. And I want to, I don't want to say anything that offends anybody. And I'm not trying to speak for black women because black women have amazing platforms and they deserve to. And I'm sure there are many black women who are going to be talking about this and rightfully so. But the thing that I want to talk about is just from this point, it's disgusting that people are still trying to police black women's bodies. It's disgusting that people still think that it's up to that it's up for for black women to hide their curves because it either makes them uncomfortable, it makes them jealous, whatever it is, it, it distracts them because they can't focus on 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 a basketball game because a woman is just wearing flattering clothes or fitting clothes to to, to her body type. There's the, it's it's disgusting that, that, that this turned into such a big thing on social media and conversation from white men, black men, men in general talking about this woman's body while she's out there coaching just because she decides to be fashionable. And, and for anyone who's seen like this isn't anything new. This isn't anything like just look at her Instagram. This is this is how she dresses and it's her right to do so. If she wants to dress this way on the sideline, that's fine. The, the days of of women needing to do things to make women comfortable and, and p- many people still share the mindset that, you know, women should cover or, or, or do something to make them less desirable to men. Fuck that. That doesn't make any sense. It does not make any sense for people to be trying to police this woman's body all because it makes you guys either uncomfortable, turns you on or whatever the fuck else it is. Shut the fuck up about it. And that's my point. And I, I'm, I'm not going to go too in detail on it because, again, I even feel like even as a black man who's even trying to be supportive in this, there's only so much that I can say and that we need to listen to the to black women when they talk about things like this. We need to give them the space and not even give them the space. We need to respect them having the space to come out and 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 dress how the fuck they want to. Right. As long as it's not showing anything inappropriate on TV, as long as it's not having ass and titties out like bear at like shut the hell up right this woman is not wearing anything that's distasteful she's not wearing anything that's not business appropriate nothing like that so shut the hell up people get over it let this woman do her thing let her do her job and she's a damn good coach at that and i hate that this is being so overlooked by the fact that how she dresses in her body right that it's 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 overlooking not only the work she's putting in as being a coach, right? Not only the 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 the, the fact that she's a black woman in a head coaching position, but also the work that the players around her are putting in that it's not their game being talked about. It's not how well or how bad they're 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 playing being talked about. It's about their coach on the sideline, and that's just because of sickos that can't deal with their own either, like I said, attraction being turned on or other women being jealous or whatever it is. Whatever it is, you got to deal with that. That's not on her to deal with. So I'm going to leave that there and move into the next topic. And so this one kind of goes back to it's in line with something that we talked about last week. Last week, I talked about how the state of California was suing the company of Tesla due to um, uh, to, to racism in the company. But this one is even more heinous in, in many ways. Dr. Malika Mitchell Stewart in Houston has filed a lawsuit against JP Morgan Chase because they would not cash a $16,000 check for her, right? Because they treated her like a criminal. They doubted if it if it was legit. All of this that stuff is continually disgusting. And to her point that she made and that was stated in this article is that if it was a white man, a white doctor with that same check coming in, would she have been given those same questions? Now, is if this is this lawsuit going to go through or not that remains to be seen. That will be decided by a court. But the fact is is that this is disgusting. 
This is disgusting. This is the continued shit that black people go through and that we need to talk about and expose so that it can stop happening. Because for a, a doctor, to her point, that had to go through background checks to even get her doctor's license, right? To have to, That has to have a clean record who showed every bit of legal documentation that they that they could ask for while she was in there. Let me add that in too. She, she showed them any documentation for them to still give her fight back on that. This woman was trying to cash a bonus check that she earned, right? that she earned with a degree and a license that she spent years to obtain and then to be treated as if it was questionable just because the color of her skin is disgusting. And the fact that we are still talking about this in Black History Month in 2022 highlights how far we have not come at all. That have just not come. It's, it's disgusting. She showed her legal identification. She showed her business card. She even called colleagues in the medical group to confirm her identity. And despite all of this, all of this, she was still turned away by J.P. Morgan Chase. And this is a company that I used to work for. So this is a this is a serious matter. And this is something that we need to be more vocal about or that I'm glad it is getting more attention because people need to be aware of this and aware of where we put our money. As black people, we need to be more selective, I think, right, as I believe, in where we use and put our money because if we constantly are bankrolling companies that then not support us, we are contributing, right, we're contributing to things that continue to hold us back as black people. We're contributing to our own oppression when we continue to bank with, support, spend money with, whatever it is on companies that will continue to treat black people this way. Now, it, it very well could be this one-off branch that was rogue and that has this issue. Very well could be that, right? I don't want to damn the whole company, and especially if it's not something that's been reported, like, like countrywide because jp morgan chase is especially all over the east coast and in the midwest as well um and and some down south too um I, so i don't want to vilify the whole company just based off this because you know it will remain to be seen but at the end of the day this still needs to be called out that even if it is this one rogue branch that this continues to happen and that it's happening and it's disgusting and we need to talk about it so i wanted to talk about it because it's definitely was something that once i read was still burning in my mind Let's get into the last topic for the In the Mind of Hayes segment on this week's episode, and that is the Kanye West-Kim Kardashian situation. I'm not going to get into it. This is not tabloid. This is not that type of thing. So I'm not going to delve into the ins and outs. I hope you guys know. But this is the one thing that I want to say. At some point, we have to realize, as and I'm not saying all of us individually, but by the continued, like, turning it into a joke, laughing about it, supporting it. Kanye West is being abusive and, and very well, his actions could very well end up in a restraining order, especially when you look at him trying to stop the divorce proceedings, everything like that. The, the, the harassment uh, of Pete Davidson, you know, putting the hit out on him, pulling it back. You know, the, the, it's making especially when you're looking at a situation and where it's making it difficult for the mother of your children and your children alone. Now, again, I know some people are going to respond to this talking about, well, he wasn't allowed to go to the birthday party, all this type of shit. That does not matter. In this situation, this is harassment that we're seeing. And we're seeing, again, another time of a mental breakdown of Kanye West. He's even talked about it himself, how he needs a team of supporters of, 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 of emotional people around him because Kanye is not well. Right. And I don't want to me medically diagnose him because I don't have the right to do that. But something is not right with Kanye West. And the fact is, is that we are supporting abuse and harassment when we continue to, to talk about this in, in the light that is not in, in, in not of a serious light as what it needs to be said. Kanye is going through shit. Divorce is hard. Believe me. I understand it. Many of us have gone through it. I, I get all that. But at the end of the day, you cannot excuse the abuse, right? The harassment, the childish antics, whatever else. We can't pass that off as just entertainment when it's involving somebody's actual life. And I know people aren't the biggest fan of this isn't even about support of the Kardashians or anything like this. This is just about humanness. This is not right. This is disgusting. This is things that these are things that are continued um, to just get more and more problematic from Kanye West. We are really seeing Kanye West just go from series of problematic action to series of problematic action all one one after after another. This is not going to end well overall. Right. I hope Kanye can get the help that he that he needs and that is showing like I hope he can get the support that he needs. I hope he does have somebody emotional that can help him, uh, that somebody around him that can help him emotionally. I hope for all those things. Because Kanye West really needs it. And I think that we are missing the fact that somebody in many ways crying out for help, crying out for help. I know he came out with the documentary on Netflix. I watched it. I thought about reviewing it. I may drop a special episode on it or whatnot. But all the things, all in all, things need to change. And I hope that it gets better for Kanye. I really do. Because it's not, this is not going to end well. This is not good. This is not positive. This is not healthy. All those things 
as somebody who dealt with their own mental health issues, like I said, I don't want to diagnose, but I could understand it. Kanye needs help. And hopefully prayers, thoughts, all those things are going out to him. And he has somebody around that he trusts and that can check him and get him the help that he deserves. Because this is this is going to end ugly. I guarantee it. If it keeps down this path. But let me know what you guys think about all the topics today in the in the mind of Hayes segment. I uh, just want to throw those things at you guys pretty quickly. We're going to go ahead. We're going to go into a brief musical break. On the other side of that, we're going to get into our main discussion topic with Destiny from the Hoology podcast. This is this is one of the most fun first time interviews I've had in quite a while. I hope you guys enjoy it. We're going to go ahead and get into the music. I will catch you guys on the other side of that with Destiny. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to The Awakened Soul. And you guys know I get very excited when we have a first-time guest in the building. Uh, I tend to work with the same people over and over again, so when I find somebody I want to work with, I get really, really excited about it. We got Destiny from the Hoology Podcast in the building. What's going on? What's up? I'm excited to be here as a first-time guest. Hopefully, I get to come back. Oh, yeah, for sure. I hope, like, yeah, I, you'll definitely get to come back. Um, so I know I didn't put this on the list cause I like to catch people off guard with it. So I always like to ask first time guests, a surprise icebreaker question to break the ice. Are you down? <laughs> I'm down. You down. Okay. <laughs> so for you, I'm going to ask this, tell us the story of the worst date you ever been on. <laughs> <laughs> this is my go-to. Like I get this question actually a lot, okay. but so if you know me, like I, first of all, I'm a Sagittarius. So I was like, my, I got like I need my attention kept. So like mm -hmm. with, when it comes to like dating apps, I like either I'm on there for like a week and then I delete it. Cause I like, it loses my attention and then I download it again. So one of these weeks I was on a dating app. I think it was Tinder at the time. I'm actually banned from Tinder, which I'll get to that later. Okay. <laughs> but, um, I was on Tinder and I met this guy and he was really nice, like really sweet. And we went on two dates. And then the third date, he was like, oh, come to my house and I'll drive us to the date. And I was like, okay, cool. So we go out, we go to this like really cool music concert. And he's like, are you going to come like stay the night? Or are you going to leave when you get home or when we get to my house? And I was like, I'm going to leave. Like, I'm not about to let you hit on the third day. So, <laughs> so um, like, I'm telling him this as he's driving us back to his house. Mm -hmm. Mind you, I lived in Orlando at the time. Like, I live in Tampa now. But where we were was about, like, 20-ish minutes away from, like, his place. And then, like, another 10 minutes. So, like, 30 minutes from my place. Okay. My car was at his place. Like, this is a key point in the story. <laughs> so... He, I'm telling him like, you know, like, I'm just going to go home. And he's like, like, what about the dates we've been on? And I was just like, um, what about them? Like the fuck? <laughs> and so like, you're really not going to stay the night with me. And I was like, no, so, like, I'm just not that person. Like, I mean, I have been, but not for you. And so pretty much he was like, okay, like, I just need to calm down. And that's what he said, like, out loud. And I was like, I'm going to die tonight. Like, this is it. This is what I get for going out with the white boy. And so we go to a Walmart parking lot. He stops the car. Um, and mind you, before we went to the concert, we had got, like, Chipotle. So that was, like, in the car with us. So we're sitting in the car, and he's like, get the fuck out of my car. And I was like, uh, are you serious right now? Because I won't, like, fuck you. And wow. he was like, out of my car and then i i was like fine so this is like this i'm gonna tell my age here but this is like right when uber like was brand new like first started like becoming like a thing in central florida mm -hmm. so i was like i don't know how i'm gonna get home like i didn't have any apps set up or anything to like get home and then my friends had like literally just moved out of orlando oh, <laughs> so wow. i was south so i get out of the car and i'm like you're really gonna leave me stranded here like my car is at your house and pretty much he was just like, yeah. And then he took the lid off of his Chipotle and threw it at me. So I ran inside of the Walmart, locked myself in the bathroom for like 20 minutes. And then wow. I came out to the cashier if she could call me like a taxi. What the? Wow. Yeah. Wow. I feel like that's yeah. one of those stories that you need to turn into a skit for social media because like that's crazy. It is. It is. And it was just like. Be like imagine if I would have had sex with him he would have definitely been like abusive like later on you know what I mean yeah, so sure. it was just it was crazy but lesson learned damn <laughs> wow well, okay I didn't expect all that I'm not even gonna lie to you I didn't expect for it to be quite that bad 
But God, <laughs> have you dated a white man since? Yeah, I mean, no, not since him. But okay. oh wait, yes, I have. So pretty much growing up, all I dated was white guys. I got to college because I'm from Missouri. It's all white people there. Got to college. Where and in I was Missouri? Like, from St. Louis. Me? Wow. What school did Where you go to? <laughs> you know, that's the question. <laughs> I went to Pattonville. Hazelwood East. <laughs> Boy, you dirty. <laughs> you I did, first East. of all, I didn't grow up there. I didn't move to St. Louis till I was 16, but then I lived there for, for 13 years after that. But yeah. Yeah. Oh, we probably know a couple of the same people. That's oh, yes. Yeah. St. Louis is, is about that big. You <laughs> Yeah. So Yeah. I was just there for my mom's wedding, actually. Wow. Like last weekend. But okay. let's, let's catch up about that. That's crazy. Okay. That's funny. <laughs> It's in you, and you ask, we asked the question, you know, what the, it's always where, what school did you go to from St. Louis? That's a St. Louis Every question. Time. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm sorry, I cut you off. Go ahead. No, no, you're fine. That was it. Like, okay. I just pretty much from college, I was like, let me just expand my horizons, you mm. know? Um, and then I started dating black men and got cheated on for the first time. And then I was like, let me go back to what I know. But, you know, once you go black, you really can't go back. I don't know what. The what it is, but it's true. <laughs> hey, some some stereotypes are are true because they're real. That's period. That's that's very true. So we're gonna leave it at that. Wow, but that's probably the best answer to an icebreaker question I've ever gotten. Thank you for that. <laughs> um, so to get into what we started, what we we're going to start with today. So you are the host of Hoology Podcast. A, what is Hoology Podcast, and what made you pick that name? So, Hoology is my baby, pretty much. It's essentially a podcast dedicated to, like, I want to say, like, desensitizing the word ho Mm -hmm. to, like, sexual actions. Because I always say, like, we're all fucking, right? Like, everybody's fucking. Even if you're a virgin. Like, I and I do have virgins that listen to my podcast. But, like, we can all learn from each other. But if we keep this like lid on sexuality and sex and exploring your sexuality and wanting to explore it, we're never going to have great sex, which is why we have such like a high trash sex culture today. Mm, Like we don't tell men that, you know, I'm not orgasming and men don't tell women like you're not deep throating enough, like because it's so like taboo and hush hush. But like if we're all doing it, like if I'm terrible at sucking dick, help me out. Be like, bro, you got to use more spit or actually suck. Like you have to say it, but we're so afraid to talk about it. So that's what Hoology is about. Like I've been through this and this is how I learned. And like, I haven't gone through this, but let me bring on a guest who has been through this. So that's what Hoology is and how I picked the name. Um, I was actually joking around with my friend at the time. And I was like, we're just like throwing names. Like, what could it be? What could it be? And I'm like, what about like hoology? Since we're studying, like, how to be a good hoe, like how to be a hoe. Like, so that's how that came out. That's dope. That's dope. What, yeah. cre- what creatives inspire you the most? Um, that's a good question. But I would say like people that are in the sex work industry inspire me the mm. most. And then also like regular everyday people. Um, I've met so many people through my podcast and I've even just talked to so many people that really just need help. Like they want to learn, they want to know like why, why we think the way we do, why we do certain things based off of what we've seen. So being able to be like that middle ground and then be an inspiration like I've seen from others is really amazing. So using those like resources is really helpful. For sure. Yeah. And that, and that's the, the special thing about being a creative. Like it's so many different ways you can go about it. But like when you're in it to really educate, regardless of what you're educating people on, I, for me, right. it, it makes it it makes it more special because you're you're truly building connections with your listeners. And so it, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's exactly. awesome. It is. <laughs> so and then I get like a resource for them, too. So true, 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 for sure. Um, So, you know, you kind of dived into my first uh actual topic question that I wanted to talk to you about. And that's like, how'd you get to the place of talking about sex openly? Like you probably don't know this. I used to have a podcast called love, lust and a badass soul. That's on hiatus right now. Cause I'm looking for another co-host, but nonetheless. Um, and so I like started that because I feel like to touch on something you said that we don't talk about sex openly. Like I don't understand the whole idea of allowing somebody to stick parts of their body in you or parts of your body in them, but not talk about it. And so (laughs) it's crazy, right? Right. But I I will say I am guilty. I Mm. have had horrible sex and then still let him think that it was like 
the shit and still let her think that it was like the shit. So it was mm-hmm. like, I think, I think we're getting there. Like we're getting there to the point where we can say like that shit was trash, but you want to, you don't want to say it in like a, it was trash. You want to be like, constructive. No, I think you could do this better. Or I did like when you did this, you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's about how you talk about it, I guess. Yeah. I think like, especially with sex, it's kind of like, <laughs> You, you got to be able to say, hey, like you said, this is what I like. This is what I didn't like. Hey, this is what you almost made me orgasm. If you just would have did this a little bit, it would have it would have been it would have gone a little bit better. And I think like once you start breaking that down, you break the stigmas around sex. And I think so often, like especially in the black community, we we didn't talk openly about sex. And then it led to like sexual repression for a whole generation. Right. Yeah. Right. It's actually it's interesting that you say that. Um So like I grew up in like a very, my mom was raised on like survival. Mm -hmm. So like I was like half raised on survival, half raised on like love. Okay. So like I said, I was in St. Louis this past weekend for her wedding and we were playing, um, what was it? Drunk Jenga. And she pulled the piece and it said, drink if you have a sex toy. And so I took a drink Mm -hmm. and my sister who is four years younger than me was like, destiny oh my god and i was like she know i'm fucking like what yeah i'm I'm not gonna hide that like she knows i have a sex positive podcast like you know what i mean like for my sister to be so embarrassed about something as natural as masturbation like which my mom and i have had open conversations about like i'm just like this is it's very strange to me so it's very much like a generational divide i would say but my mom has been very open about sex with us well with me at least yeah, it's weird when I'm on the other side of it. I didn't know you were a Sagittarius. I would have prepared for this completely differently. <laughs> From one well, toxic yeah, Sag to another. I love toxic. <laughs> but my mom is probably the most, the reason for me to be able to talk about sex openly. Like, literally when she found out that I was having sex, mm. like, she was like, I just hope you know pussy ain't free. Like, don't be laid up with a man that can't give you shit. And I abide by that and Mm -hmm. I live a very good life. That's all I'm going to say. Well, there you go. There you go. One thing in our community that I I feel like we're really starting to embrace more is the kink and BDSM in the black community. I've been involved in BDSM for like 10 years now. Um, But (laughs) yeah. But uh, what do you think about that? What do you think of, of like the black kink community? And it's really growing at an exponential rate. And I think sometimes it's a little... People don't have the right mindset about BDSM, but that's a, com- a different type of conversation. But what do you think about black people finally embracing the kink side of sex? I'm so here for it. Like as a person that I pretty much will try anything once. Mm-hmm. Um, and in addition to that, I have a lot of friends that are sex workers. One of my best friends that I've met through Twitter um, actually just flew down to Tampa this weekend to visit me. He is big into BDSM. Like he literally has a chest full of like whips, um, restraints, like all types of things. So he was my first introduction to that. So I love that as a community, we are finally able to like safely and confidently explore that side of like our sexuality because it's hard enough for us. Like if we're going to be able to enjoy something as like natural as sex, like let us enjoy it to its full extent. You know what I mean? Like let's go here and try it and let's see if we do like it. See if we don't like switch it up a little bit because we're going to be doing it for a long time. We're going to do it until we can't do it no more. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. So why not explore? But yeah. What kind of um, BDSM are you into? Oh, God. Every, every, impact play, electric play, um, slight bondage. Uh, yeah. A, a little bit of everything. Touch a little yeah. bit of everything. And I think for me, like, when I first started getting into it, like, black women used to very much respond to me telling them I'm in BDSM into, I ain't finna be doing all that. And then in the last handful of years, it switched from that to, oh, I'm interested. And, like, that, it's yeah. been a really big change in it. So, and I'm 35 <laughs> years old, so. Huh? Yeah, like I would say that the shift for that is, is that we went from being like these like soft, gentle creatures to now we're like dominant, assertive creatures. Mm-hmm. And, you know, workplace, home, like rom- like romance, we're there, like we're dominant. So a man says, you know, like, let me tie you up and let me, you know, show you who's in charge. And the blacks are like, go get it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> So I'm so I love that. I'm so happy, so happy for that. Yeah, it's it's a, it's an awesome thing to be into. And I think like 
especially people who have this weird concept of BDSM when they first get into it is, is thinking that it's like, I think as much as Fifty Shades of Grey got people interested in it, it also gave a weird standard because people think that it's it's literally just beating the shit out of your partner. And that's not it at all. Oh God, BDSM right? is really about trust. And at, a, at the highest level, you're trusting somebody and, and them having your pleasure at the forefront of their mind. And I think once people start that, it really it also helps the communication aspect in relationships as well. Yeah, I actually watched uh, Fifty Shades with my godparents who are like, <laughs> by the way, a pastor. Oh, wow. And I was just watching it like this is so vanilla. <laughs> <laughs> but of course, I couldn't say that exactly. to them. But yeah, Fifty Shades is. It's very vanilla to me. <laughs> we but won't. We won't talk about it. We won't talk about it. Uh, because you know, you tell people or explain knife play to people, and they start thinking you're crazy as shit. So they do, they do. But I feel like the like word or like the acronym BDSM is so broad. But yeah. people, like you said, people only think about beating somebody or inflicting pain, and really, it's it's so broad. Like there's so many different components to it. For sure. For sure. Um. Last question in this segment that I want to ask you about. Do you think that black men are still intimidated by black women who own their own sexuality? <laughs> um, of course. I think all men are intimidated by women that own their sexuality. But mm-hmm. since we're talking about our community, um, definitely. Like, I had, like, for, for just an example, I wanted to try anal so bad, right? Mm-hmm. But, like... I'm going to say the stereotype is 90% true with black men, but it's not true with white men. Okay. Um, I actually lost my virginity to a white guy, like I said, up and through high school. And then even a couple times after I dated white guys. And when I expressed to my college boyfriend, that was black, that like, I really want to try anal. He was like, that's weird. Like that's white people's shit. Da, 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 da. And I'm just like, yeah, but like, I want to try something to feel good. Like, I'm not asking you to fucking shoot me up with heroin. Like, I'm asking you to, like, you know, play with me in the bedroom. And so it never happened. I had a white boyfriend afterwards. And I was like, hey, like, can we try a little bit of BDSM? So we did role play. We did. um, I had on like a collar and he like walked me around. And then we did do anal. And I was like, thank you for like exploring this with me, like learning it with me. Like we watched videos on like the best way to go about it. And it was just like, bro, like I could have been done this. You know what I mean? But it happens. So, I mean, that's the way that it goes. And, you know, I, I, I unfortunately know someone who literally lost their whole marriage because they just their wife wanted to try anal on some things. And they thought that it was treating them like a whore and they never did it in their marriage and ended because of it. And it's like, you're married. Like if your wife tells you to fuck her in the ass, fuck her in the ass, like, come on. Like, yeah. And literally nobody has to know. Like my best friend actually is into BDSM. Like she Mm. reads like Veronica and all of that. And she did bring it to her husband's attention and he literally called her weird. So I was like, I don't know. Like, I think that's why I'm single now because like, I'll be damned if I'm trying to explore with my person who I've dedicated my life to like mm-hmm. my pussy to you, the one and only, and I can't explore with you, man. See that defeats the purpose of like the whole point of having a one and only is that you t- can do everything. Like, like you said, try it at least <laughs> once. If it's not for you, then it's not for you, but hell let's yeah. experiment together. Let's see. That's what I think too. You know what? If you single, we can get married. We'll try it out. <laughs> <laughs> like I, like I got, I got into electric play because somebody literally wanted to use the electric wand to send a pulse through my balls as I was coming, and it was oh literally God, the best. It was, amazing. it was the best orgasm I ever had in my life. Ever, ever I can like imagine. literally, I can imagine. ever had in my life. So there you go. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, I don't even know how we can uh, move on from that. Um, <laughs> one of the things I, I don't know about how you were on social media before becoming a creative. I really wasn't on social media before becoming a creative. And so one of the things that I've learned over this last five years of really being on social media heavily because it kind of comes with the job is these daily conversations almost that black well men. Let's not even make it just about our community that men and women get into about tons of different things. And it seems like nobody's really listening to each other. What do you think about that? Like you looking at that, especially with the subject matter that you talk about, I'm sure you come across it and it gets into your algorithms and you can't get it out. What do you think about it? I think it's like so trivial (laughs) because we will argue on Twitter about like, you know, let's say for instance, like raw sex, right? Mm -hmm. Like we're like, Oh, like I'm not fucking anybody raw. Like, 
I'm not, you know, doing this and this, but so it's like, why are we lying? Like we we say all this stuff online, and it's like we are not we're not like held up to that in real life. Yeah. So like my friends will be on Twitter like going back and forth, and I'm like, girl, I know you in real life. Like we're not like this in real life. <laughs> but like the gender wars is it's crazy. Like all the stuff that we just fight about is it's so trivial. It means nothing because you gonna change up when it's in person. I, I used to, like, because people would, like, tag me, and especially because I did have a relationship dating and sex podcast at one point in time, people would, like, tag me and stuff. And I used to, like, get into the conversations. And then I had to realize, like, listen, I've been in the same conversation, just worded differently, probably three times this week. I'm not engaging in that anymore. And, right. and now I sit back and watch it. And I think sometimes people don't, people are so busy trying to be heard sometimes that they don't listen themselves. Because I've seen people have whole drag out, day-long conversations on Twitter and they're pretty much saying the same thing, but they're not really listening to each other. It's like, come on, people. We got to be smarter than this. Yeah, like earlier this year, which is, it was like perfect. It was the first time I heard like main character syndrome where like mm. everybody thinks they're the main character. That's a, oh, wow. <laughs> I was like, you know what? This is how like a majority of social media is these days. Like everybody wants to be a main character. So it's just insane. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it, like I said, social media comes with its with its positives and negatives, and that's one of the ones that I try to stay out of. Uh, one of the <laughs> topics that that comes a lot in conversations, and I, you, is the whole submission aspect of it. Yes, I can tell by your face you're t- just as tired <laughs> of this. I am <laughs> because my stance on this will never change, like ever. I've lived and breathed through like having a man wanting me to submit to him, mm-hmm. but it never happening, and then having a man like not care if I submitted or not, and I just did like yeah. like I fell in line type shit. Like I submitted instantly to him, so I just like personally speaking, if you want a woman to submit to you, all you have to do is create the space for her to submit. I'm not going to submit to a man that is at my level because without you, I'm still here. Mm. You get what I'm saying? Mm. Like you need to introduce something to me that I'm like, okay, like, let me wake up out of this, like everyday trans, you know, let me be like, okay, hold on. Let me stop for a second. Yeah. You can bring me up here. You know what I'm saying? Like, and then you can bring me to a new level. But if you're not creating that space and we're here with it, like, what am I submitting to? I could submit to myself. You know what I'm saying? Like, bring something new to me, like introduce something new to me, just as I can introduce something new to you. Mm-hmm. And we can we can go from there. But I'm not going to submit to an equal. That, listen, that's a word. That's a word. And then what a lot of people forget about submitting to. And I, I love what you what you started off there is, is creating a space like people would just want somebody to submit. They don't they don't make them feel heard. Right. They don't make them feel protected. They don't like valued. It's like, what do you want? What do you what are they submitting to? Like at that point, like they'd be stupid to submit to somebody who doesn't who they don't feel safe and protected by. And then to add that extra layer, you just added on somebody who doesn't bring them up to another level. Like it's it's people are stupid. And I think like you have so many people <laughs> that that now these these Kevin Samuels stands and it's just like, listen, oh, God. <laughs> I just. Oh man, I can't, I can't. If I see anybody who screams that they're alpha male, I'm just like, listen, I can't even have conversations. With you, alpha bro. male, yeah. high value man. Oh Jesus, red pill men, whatever they like, all the different things they call themselves. Shut up. That's that's my yeah, thought on it. Right? Like, they be. Trying. I wish like all of the high valued men and the pick me women could have a conference and just marry each other and get the fuck <laughs> our way. Go on an island somewhere. Deal with that shit over there. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, and then a lot of it too is like i think like a lot of it is rooted in trauma in a lot of ways whether it it's is. whether it it's you know for the women tra- or either one trauma over past relationships uh, you you one thing you can always tell with a man is when he got his heart broken because that motherfucker would be traumatized for the rest of his his life and not deal with it like yes you- <laughs> sorry, man, so dramatic <laughs> <laughs> It's so true, though. Like, I just men love to point out like and it's not all men, of course, but I would say like I've seen a lot of times where men will be like, oh, she got daddy issues. Like, that's why she's a hoe. She got daddy Mm. issues. Like, let's talk about 
your father, he was in your life, right? But he worked constantly. So was he actually there? Like, was he a scene figure? Like, could you go to him or did you still have to go to your mom? Like, let's talk about that. Mm. But no, it's like they don't want to address that. So, you know. Therapy does wonders. I I don't know why so many people (laughs) still still afraid of therapy like I, I i always say that like we're the first generation that really understands mental health at a better level than what our parents did but still mm-hmm. even with that all the tools that people have now people just won't go to therapy it's like listen go like just go have a couple of meetings okay. like I, go have a couple of sessions i guarantee you, you'll feel better after after it like yeah. everything I, I i truly think like once we realize that there's nothing wrong with people who go to therapy it's actually something right because those are the people who identify hey i have something going on here I need to get some tools or get some help and then I can be better equipped to deal with it. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I, when I first started going to therapy, my mom, who is a black mother, she's almost 50. Like she was kind of like hesitant at first, but the place that I was mentally when I first started going to therapy, like she understood, like it was either this or that was going to be the last you heard from me like ever. Mm-hmm. So going to therapy and then she's seen like my progress and I've seen my progress. And so now she's super supportive. Like, so I'll talk to her, but like, Hey, I have therapy today. Like I'm not going to, you know, be on the phone or be able to talk today. Cause I want to be hundred percent zoned in on this. So yeah. she's very supportive now, but again, that's one of those like generational things. You know, I try to get my sisters, like you guys go to therapy, like even things that you might not think are trauma are trauma. So, so one thing I do want to ask you before we go and wrap up, uh, having this podcast, Hoology, what has it taught you about yourself? It's definitely taught me that I have a bigger impact than I know. Um, my guy friend that I met actually through Twitter, like I said, that's like a sex worker. He was in like Nashville and he was like, hey, like one of my friends actually said she's like obsessed with your podcast. And I told her that I know you and her mouth like fell to the floor. That's crazy. <laughs> and I was like, this is like insane. Like I've had just so many random people reach out to me like, Hey, I listen to your podcast. Like, I love it. Can you talk about this? Or can you give me advice on this? So definitely realizing that I have a really big impact. Um, and then it's also taught me that it's okay to have a passion about something that's not normal. Mm. So I've actually ended a relationship because he wanted me to like be done with my podcast. And I was like, but this is like something I love. Like I love being this, you know, person for other people. Like mm-hmm. I like, it doesn't have to always be about me. Like I've had guests on my podcast that were not me. Like I've had a stripper on, I've never stripped, but I wanted to know what it was like. Yeah. <laughs> so I had a stripper on and he was just like, no, like this is just too much. Like, how is this going to look? And I'm like, I don't care how it looks because it's like something I care about. So yeah. it's, it's definitely not normal, but normal is boring so don't be normal like that listen one of the things that made my life so much easier is when i realized i wasn't normal and it's cool Mm -hmm. i'm fine with it like i don't need to be normal i'm me so yeah it's i think especially like and maybe this is another conversation we can have sometimes i think like being a creative is that you have to either be with another creative or at least somebody who understands the creative mind and it's so like people who aren't creatives they will never understand it and and it's it's clear it's so hard like i it's to the point now where like i'm like do i bring it up when i'm like dating someone or talking to someone Mm -hmm. you know like do i say like this is what i do because truth be told you know when i say like i have a podcast called hoology immediately everyone's mind goes oh she's talking about sex or she likes to have a lot of sex Mm -hmm. or whatever so and that's not the case at all. Like if you listen to the podcast, you know, that's literally not the case at all. Yeah. But it's like, do I talk about this? Because then that's all they're going to see me as, or how do I do that? So I'm super single right now, like literally not dating because I'm trying to navigate where do I want to go next and how do I want to go about it without losing like a part of me that I love and also still receiving love. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's very, very hard. So you're absolutely right. It's so before literally my last live show was the week before uh, quarantine hit. So like me personally, I, um, I did live shows. I had a three city live show tour. And at the time there was somebody I wasn't. Yeah. Three cities. uh, And it was, it was, I was talking to some, we weren't officially dating, but we were talking and the first leg, the first show of the tour, she showed up at and it was fine. It was no big deal. 
she couldn't couldn't go to the second one and she literally was like so you're going to cancel it right i'm like no why would i cancel my live show i'm like i sold 300 tickets like this is big for me why am i gonna and and she was like well because there are women there who are going to be interested in you what does that have to do with me i'm there to perform like what and I, i wonder if that's like a celebrity right like what? what that got to do with me, exactly. you know, like, what that got to do with me. <laughs> like, I, like I, I, listen, th- this is my passion. This is, this is what it is. And so like, I've come to the place much like you, like anyone who can accept what I do creatively and what I have. And then I'm also like, I've gotten into, I've worked on documentaries as a filmmaker and stuff. So like anyone who can't accept or understand that it's just, isn't for me. And I'm fine with that. that is, I don't okay. look down on them because of it. I don't think that they're bad people. It's just like, you start realizing Hey, this is something that is not going to work for me. If you can't respect the fact that this now, this creative thing is absolutely part of who I am. And mm-hmm. I would not be a happy person if I didn't have. It. Right. Yeah. Right. And I think I, I had to learn that because at first I did, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to hold off on like recording for a little bit. And then I was like, when's the next episode? Or I got, you know, increased. What's the next episode? Like, mm-hmm. when are you going to drop an episode? And I'm like, do I really want to sacrifice like the one thing? Cause like, I'm going to be a hundred percent honest. I don't have a talent. Like I am not good at anything like at all, but I'm good at this. So mm-hmm. I'm like, am I going to sacrifice the one thing that like I love, you know, like, no, I'm not doing it. And if it means being a like lonely little, I don't have a cat, but an imaginary cat lady, then so be it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you got, you got to protect your peace at all costs and whatever that is. Yeah. That's for yeah. sure. Um, um, well, I was going to ask you something and I lost my train of thought there for a second. <laughs> what's, what's, what's been the thing? I know you, I said like, what have you gotten out of it? But like, what continues to help you, uh, is the challenge for you in being a creative every day? The thing that keeps you going? <laughs> um, I would say like finding the motivation to like actually get up and do it. Mm-hmm. Like my notes app is built, <laughs> built so many like episodes like of what I want to record and like topics I want to touch on but finding like that balance between like my everyday life and then my creative life Mm. is it's both a motivator as well as like a deterrent because it's like I want to dedicate so much time to this but also like I can't right now you know like real life is happening it doesn't slow down for anybody so finding that time to like put into my brand and put into like my craft is it's it's a motivation because i'm like you want to see it like you want to see it through you like you want to keep going mm-hmm. but life gets in the way sometimes real life always comes first right i think that's what i said to you the first time we had to cancel the first time we scared real life real life always comes first but you still have to find a way to, to for your passions because when you don't make time for your passions it's really not making time for yourself. And then you, you end up feeling the repercussions of, mm-hmm. and I always feel guilty too. Like, you know, for example, with my work, I'm like, I'm working 12 hours during the day and I'm like, yeah, but I'm not putting that energy into my craft. So I do feel guilty, you know, neglecting my craft, but real life does come first. Hopefully one day I will have integrated both <laughs> my passion and my, uh, you know, craft. I mean, yeah. my real life. So, so question: Are you are you into shibari? Why have I heard that? That's the the tying up the Japanese tying with the rope bondage. Okay, slight control freak. So no, <laughs> <laughs> um, I I was. This is. Can we go? Can we get deep real quick? Yeah, let's get deep. Come on. I feel like after what I'm gonna say, people are gonna be like, "That's why she's hypersexualized." Okay. But whatever. I was sexually assaulted in eighth grade by my friend's cousin. Um. I'm smiling because I'm over it. But mm-hmm. I like since then I can't be like pinned down or like tied down. Like it's very triggering to me. And mm-hmm. I'm like, so I really can't do like I've tried restraints, like I've tried soft cups, and I like those, but I still need to be able to like quickly get out of get it. Out, yeah. I mean so that makes sense. I would say like my <laughs> do you want to know what my kink is? Sure, go ahead, give it to me. I, I listen, I had to tell you mine, <laughs> so go ahead. It is. <laughs> I have a very like real obsession with men's feet and like to the point, like if you have really nice feet and you get them like pedicures, like regularly, I want to like touch them. I want them like on my face. Like I want to just like smell them. Like it's crazy, but mostly like they have to touch my face. I don't know. I have, why. A, I have a foot fetish too. So I, I completely understand. We're like kindred really? spirits. Yeah. So I understand. Yeah. We are supposed to be a Sagittarius thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, they say that like foot fetish 
it, it directly responds with like a part of the brain. Yeah, like I, I can see you the video. I have to find it again. But like there's this whole thing of like it's, it's something that correlates with feet with the part of the brain that's like most associated with arousal. So like people who have who have feet fetishes or foot fetishes are usually very, very sexual. So, yeah, I would say when I'm very comfortable with someone, like literally anything goes besides no anything goes. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm very open when it comes to sex. So yeah. with the right person, you know, like I said, creating that space for me to like open up, you know, feel it. I feel it. All right. <laughs> well, thank you so much for your time. This has been a great interview. We're going to have to do this again. We're going to have to of do course. this again. I love your energy. Uh, that's Sag energy. We're special people. <laughs> my therapist is a Sagittarius. For real? That's funny. My, my therapist is a Gemini, which I have so many questions. I didn't find out she, she was a Gemini either until like 25 sessions in. I was like, I've really been sitting here talking to a terrorist for the last few months. <laughs> like, <laughs> I know that's right. <laughs> That's funny. But uh, go ahead and give me your social media. Tell them where they can find your podcast, all that good stuff. Yeah. So my podcast is available on all podcasting platforms, Apple, Spotify, iHeart, et cetera. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Hoology Pod. And that's H-O-E-O-L-O-G-Y. So, yeah. All right. There you have it. You guys know where you can follow me at. That's at Awaken Soul Pod. You can follow me personally at CEO Hayes. That's C-E-O-H-A-I-Z-E. You can also send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, theawakensoulpod at gmail.com. We are the number one podcast for the culture. And this week, we're out. Peace. Peace out. This has been a presentation of the Break Media. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.